Transcend. This word has been described as to go beyond, to surpass, or to exist above and independent of, or to triumph over negative or restrictive aspects. Welcome to the Transcendent Leader Podcast. My name is Maria Joreco. I'm an immigrant, a member of the visible minority, an Asia professional who specializes in diversity and inclusion work. My goal is to help you, our listeners, be the best version of yourselves, to level up, to live better, and to lead better. If you want to develop the skills, capabilities, and inclusive behaviors of your leaders and employees, contact me at maria at theinclusionjourney.com. That's my email address. It's maria at theinclusionjourney.com. And you'll also see that information in the note pages of this podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our Transcendent Leader podcast. My name is Maria Jureko, and I'm a diversity and inclusion consultant. Uh, I help organizations create inclusive workplaces so that people can bring the best version of themselves at work. And I do this through consultative um, aspects as well as training programs that focus on leadership, communication, and culture. And so again, welcome to our Transcendent Leader episode on our Facebook Live. And this particular episode will also be edited and uploaded as a podcast, and it will be available in the seven platforms that you can see on your screen right now. And so uh, for this afternoon, uh, I'm uh, very privileged to have uh, a special guest and uh, just in time for um, honoring uh, our you know, Black um, uh, people in history as well as uh, the Black History Month, I would like to call in our special guest for this afternoon. Uh, she is Katyra Poland. She is the founder and CEO of Love for Words. Hi, Katyra. Can you please join me? Hello, Maria. Okay. I'll Are you able? Yeah. Hello. Hi. Hi. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. Great. So uh, thanks for joining me, um, Katyra. Katyra is, is, is based in the U.S. and um, I just want to, you know, stop talking now because I want her to introduce herself. Yes. And so, Katyra, can you please, um, you know, let us know who you are, tell us your story, and why the work that you do is very important to you. Yeah, so again, my name is Katyra Poland. I'm the CEO of Love for Words, which is an editing boutique. So I work with authors and writers and help them transform their manuscripts into books. So I'm an author myself. Um, I started writing poetry in middle school, so I've been writing for quite some time now. Um, I have, you know, published a few books of my own, but I became an editor. Um, a friend of mine who's a publisher was looking for an editor, so I did a sample edit for her, and she was thrilled about the, you know, the, the edit that I provided, and she started referring her publishing clients to me. Ebony Nicole Smith is her name, um, and I do still work with her now, so that's been a great working relationship and also a great friendship, um, but related to my love for literacy and reading and writing, um, editing was a natural transition for me. Um, I've always, you know, loved to read. I've always loved to write and always had a knack for making things sound good and look good on paper. So um, it was very easy for me to transition into being an editor. Uh, more specifically, uh, my target market is business owners and CEOs who 
also want to write books to continue to grow their platforms. Um, most of my clients are Black women like myself. Um, I recognize that um, the availability and or visibility of Black editors is not as great as other groups. And, but I also recommend that it's important to work with an editor who understands your voice, who appreciates your voice, um, and who won't um, judge you because they're outside of your group um, based on maybe the language that you're using, like, for example, African-American vernacular English or Ebonics or, um, you know, things that are considered slang. Um, if you're working with, you know, a white male editor and you're a Black female author, um, oftentimes there's either confusion there or um, lack of appreciation, lack of understanding, et cetera. So I feel honored to be able to uh, work with, with Black authors who need their voice to be translated appropriately. Um, and that might not you know, come through clear um, working with, with other types of editors. So um, I definitely pride myself on that. Although I don't turn away authors who are not Black, of course, um, but um, I do have a special relationship um, with working with Black authors and also being an author myself. So um, that's a little bit of, you know, how I got started, why I decided to get started and what I love about being an editor. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's a great story. And, uh, you know, uh, as I've, um mentioned earlier, celebrating the Black History Month. Uh, Katira is uh, one of those successful um, entrepreneurs uh, on her own right uh, in terms of uh, helping people really uh, establish themselves as an author. And you know, Katira, um, not all people are skilled as, as skilled as you. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it's um, you know, you mentioned that something that you love, it's your passion. So uh, that's really a skill to really cultivate and um, you're helping a lot of people. Because I know, um, you know, for the most part, people would like to share their stories. And it is important that they really make sure that the foundation of the book is really great and it's really good, right? Right. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so um, your niche, again, is um, uh, how, do you, how do you actually get into this niche of editing, aside from the fact that you love it? You got the break. You got an opportunity. Um, in terms of the, uh, the impact of the work that you do. How yes. Yeah, so, okay. Um. So I'm a I'm a developmental editor. So I focus on um big picture um concepts of your manuscript. So um who is your target audience? Why are you writing the book? Um how will you connect with your target audience? Um making sure that the plot or the manuscript makes sense. Is it in order? Um making sure you don't have repetition or you're not um, revealing maybe the same thing twice in your book. Um, so like what client I work with, it revealed uh, they were having, a, the couple was having a girl. She had it in chapter two and then again in chapter seven. So I would bring that to your attention, like, okay, which chapter do you want to reveal that in? Or if you make a statement that um, is vague or you use a word that maybe your readers don't know, I would put in the comments in the tract changes hey, um, your readers might not know what this is, consider defining it. Or this left me hanging. I felt like there were unanswered questions. Consider clarifying this, adding more detail to this because your reader might want to know more about it. So that's the, the developmental editing that I do. Um, most of the genres that I work in or the genre that I work in is, is um, nonfiction. So memoirs, biographies, self-help. Um, I also write nonfiction. So again, that's an easy transition. Um, in regards to the impact it has on me, again, I'm always honored to be able to help people tell their stories and share their knowledge. 
the most important part of being an editor for me is the encouragement piece. So often um, editors get a bad rap. <laughs> People are afraid to work with editors. They dread the red pen or the track changes in Microsoft Word. But I always remind my clients that the editor is there to help, not to hurt. And we are, you know, editors and authors collaborate. We're not opponents. So we're here to help you make your uh, manuscript as best as it can be for publishing. So again, for me to impact this, being able to put those stories out to the world and put the information out to the world in a way that um, is received well, that sounds good, it looks good, and that you know people enjoy, that people learn from, um, et cetera. Um, as far as the impact on the authors, I think, you know, again, being able to get their story out there is very empowering. Um, sometimes it's challenging along the publishing route and the editing process and um, the other details involved, but it's always exciting um, when the authors finish and they are, you know, selling their books or they're having a book signing. So the impact on the authors, I, I agree, is also positive in addition to impact on me. Yeah, and um, you, you are uh, part of their success once yes. they launch their book. So yeah, yeah. That's, that's a great feeling, I bet. Mm -hmm. So how long does it usually take you to, uh, you know, edit and, uh, you know, have that finished material to your clients, hand it over to your clients? Yeah, it really depends on the length of the manuscript and how developed it is. So um, if someone comes with a, like a, maybe a 200 page manuscript that doesn't require a lot of deep editing, then I could, you know, I usually say between three and four weeks. So one of the things that I notice working with clients is that they expect the editing to be quick. Mm -hmm. But I always say up front, you're paying, you know, this is an investment and your the value is quality. So yes, I could get this back to you in a week, but what is that going to look like? Is that going to meet your expectations? Is that going to meet my expectations? So, um, and I think the easiest analogy is, you know, like with fast food. Okay, McDonald's is fast, but what's the value in McDonald's food? Um, versus if you go to, you know, a fine dining restaurant, your food takes longer, but guess what? It's probably going to have more nutrition and more value than the Big Mac from McDonald's. Mm -hmm. So for those authors out there who um, get shocked by the price tag of editors, because I will say it's not the cheapest part of the publishing process, just remember you want to publish a book um, that is the best reflection of yourself and show that you've invested in it. Um, if you, you know, publish a book and it has a lot of typos and errors and, you know, mistakes, then you you have to, that's a reflection of you. And then hopefully you go back and get that fixed. But I recommend that you work with the editor beforehand or the proofreader beforehand to avoid that. Um, you don't want reviews about your book that show that you are careless or that you rushed the process. So um, that's my advice to the authors and writers about um, hiring an editor. Yeah, and um, yeah, you wanted the quality instead of the, um, you know, because it's a once in a, maybe, you know, if it's your first time, it's going to be a once in a lifetime uh, achievement on your end. It's a milestone right. for you. So, um, uh, you know, the quote about be the client you want to serve. Yes. What does this mean to you? Yeah. So for me, as a business owner and a consumer, I believe that I should embody what I expect from my clients. So if I want to work with clients 
who pay me on time upfront and don't expect the discount or try to um, or try to get a discount, then I should be a consumer who does the same. So when I patronize businesses, I'm going to pay my invoice upfront. I'm not going to assume I'm getting a discount. Um, I'm going to be professional as well. So I really feel like we lose that, you know, especially as business owners, it's easy to be in a business mindset and have these expectations for your clients and this is how they should be. But then thinking about it on the other end, you know, how do you feel when you do have a client who takes three months to pay you? So if that's not a feeling that you like when you work with businesses or companies, then you shouldn't do that to those businesses. You should um, take it seriously to make sure that, you know, you're, you're being the client that you want. So um, it's kind of like avoiding being a hypocrite. That's how I see it. So whenever I do business and the other piece of that too, is um, even doing reviews, like as a business owner, I, I've gotten reviews, but it's because I'm persistent. So if I know that it takes three emails to get one review, then when I work with businesses, I won't, you know, I won't, um, I won't give them that, that, that struggle. Mm-hmm. I'll get the service and then I'll just go over to the website on my own and write the review because I know what it's like to have to send out four emails for a review. So again, just mirroring the type of client that you want to work with when you are the client. Mm-hmm. I think it's the um, principle of reciprocity as well. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so how do you go about with screening your clients? Like, uh, do you accept just everyone or um, you mentioned that, you know, you, you have a quite a standard, which I totally, um, I'm also uh, in agreement with. Um, yes. Uh, you don't want to be shortchanging other people if you yourself right. if you yourself actually believe in excellence in terms of customer service. So how do you screen your your potential clients? Yes. So the first step is a phone consultation. So well, we'll back up. So the first step is actually an online consultation form. So they will answer questions about their manuscript, you know, um, the genre, how long is it, your budget, things like that. And then um, we schedule a phone consultation where we'll talk about the form that you filled out. Um, You know, you can ask me questions. We'll make sure that we're both a good fit, that we want to move forward, um, you know, and discuss anything again that's on that form or if there's anything else you'd like to discuss, um, we can talk about that. And then I do offer a complimentary uh, sample edit of two to three pages and then the, you know, you'll get the edits back and you can let me know if it's what you're looking for. Yes, this is what I'm looking for for my manuscript or no, it's not what I'm looking for for my manuscript. I'm going to uh, go with another editor. So I think it's really important for both parties to agree that it's mutual. Mm-hmm. So you don't want to be an editor who's looking at the sample thinking I'm not going to be able to um, provide what they're looking for for whatever reason, maybe it's not your genre, uh, maybe the style of writing you don't connect with or whatever that may be. Um, you want to feel empowered to say, you know, I really appreciate the consideration, but this isn't going to work for me. Um, and on the other side of that, the client should also be empowered to say that, you know, like I said, once you get the edit, the sample edit, if at that point, the edits that you see are not what you're looking for, you're not satisfied, you can just say that to the editor or whatever business person that is and decide to move forward. So just making sure both parties or however many parties feel empowered to say yes or no, 
Um, so I think that's really important in the world of business and, and you know, e-commerce, commerce, and just transactions in general. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you know, past year, uh, 2020 has not been a great year for almost everyone. So what do you think has been your greatest accomplishment uh, during the COVID-19 pandemic? Yeah, so last year I launched the annual Literacy Love Scholarship, and it's a scholarship for high school students. Um, I was able to award two high school students and one non-traditional student um, awards to buy, they bought uh, textbooks and also other materials for classes. So that was very exciting for me. I didn't see that coming to fruition for at least another three or four years. Um, let alone during a you know a worldwide pandemic, so uh, that was definitely my greatest achievement. Um, being able to deliver the checks to the to the students, um, I spoke with the parents of the students, um, and I got to meet them. So that was um, very exciting for me, and I'm looking forward to continuing that annual scholarship. Wow, that's a great, great um, uh, service. And what pushed you then to you know you said you know you didn't thought. Um, it's going to be happening last year, but you still Mm -hmm. proceeded with it. So what was the push? Yeah, so I was able to receive, I received a grant last year. So I used uh, most, well, I used some of the funding from that grant, um, the Atomic Grant with Passion Collective. They actually, they're, their applications are open now. So anybody watching, if you're a female entrepreneur, uh, Passion Collective um, does have open applications for grants. Um, but I was able to use the funding from that grant to, um, to fund the scholarship and help the students. Share your, sharing your blessings. That's great. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. No, that's a very beautiful act. Um, and this is just one um, you know, quality of being a transcendent leader, right? Um, going beyond your own self, you know, you could have just, you know, I got a grant, I'll just use it for my own to mm-hmm. push it, you know, add it to my business. And, but then you opted to do something much better. And, mm-hmm. you know, I believe that it will go back to you multiple fold for sure. Yes. Yeah, that's great. Thanks for sharing that. And Thank you. Uh, so I just, I'm, so, I'm also curious. So I mentioned to you, not everyone is, uh, has this passion in terms of, um, you know, writing and maybe editing, um, what would be your tips for, for those who has this passion, but they're still scared to really push through and start their own maybe business uh, in terms of editing. So this is something that they like, but they're not very sure whether this is something that they want to do. So maybe share some tips to them that will inspire and encourage them. Yes, I would recommend asking for help. So there are lots of, there's, there are Facebook groups, there are websites, there are blogs, Um, There are like freelance websites. So there are a lot of um, resources available for you to connect with other people who are where you're trying to go. So I would just recommend asking for help. I think um, a lot of people do struggle with that. Um, But even if you like go on LinkedIn and you look for someone, if you're looking to write an autobiography, LinkedIn is a great resource. So you can, you know, use LinkedIn to find someone who's already done that and just ask them, you know, send them a quick note. Hi, my name is Katyra. I want to write an autobiography. I see that you've already done that. Do you mind, you know, chatting with me to give me some pointers on how I can do that? Or you can join a Facebook group. Um, nonfiction authors. And a lot of times they'll have posts, 
and some of those posts offer guidance or offer resources or words of encouragement. Um, the other piece of that is I'm also identifying a mentor or someone for guidance who can give you words of encouragement. Um, so a lot of times we focus on solutions to problems, but sometimes we just need a listening ear. Mm -hmm. So I would say, excuse me, don't be afraid to look in and in, inside of and outside of your network for those who, again, are where you would like to be um, so that they can they can guide you and help you along the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it's it's true. Uh, having that support um, will be very helpful for someone who's still not sure if, if this is the track that they wanted to do. Another right. question I have, uh, Kataira, is um, what would be uh, the qualities of a good um, editor like you? So, what are the um, you know things that uh, maybe uh, a person should have to become really successful and really be, uh, would really be able to serve their clients best? I would say patience. Um, there are some projects that require more than one round of editing. So that's really important. Um, also, honesty. Um, when you're working with an author, they, they need to know the truth. Um, you do need to be, what's the word I'm looking for? You need to be sensitive. So of course, you don't want to use all caps or <laughs> anything like that when you're writing your comments and the, the track changes, but you do want to be honest with them. Um, they're looking for that honesty. So that's really important. And I will also say flexibility um, because, you know, there are writing rules that change from time to time or, or often. There are different, you know, style manuals that you may have to be familiar with and also the willingness to learn. So again, there are a lot of resources available. And what I will say is make sure you check your sources before you embark, um, because we know that not everything on the internet is accurate or true or real or, or valid. So double check that, but I'm being willing to learn. So you, know, you can listen to different writing podcasts, you can take courses, which I've done. I completed a, an editing course on Udemy. Um, you can complete courses at a traditional college. So make sure that you have an open mind to learning and also refreshing. You know, sometimes we forget things. Um, I have a, a few different editing manuals that I reference along the way um, and, you know, just to stay up to date and make sure that I am, you know, providing the best service possible. So, yes, that's what I recommend. Willingness to learn, flexibility and honesty. That's right. And is there a specific um, uh, course or program that you would maybe advise uh, high school students who wanted to take this particular route as a career? None in particular come okay. at the top of my mind. Mm -hmm. um, you can, you know, of course you can do a YouTube search or a Google search. The other thing I like to do is I do like to check out books from the library. That's mm -hmm. so an amazing resource. So you can go to the library. I'm pretty sure they're mostly uh, virtual now or curbside, but you can always go there. You can get in touch with the librarian who can tell you, you know, run down all of the different books that are available. So just, just take the initiative to see what's out there and, and figure out which resources work best for you. Okay, great. And, you know, and, and just uh, to tie up, um, you know, what you know and your experience and what you've shared with us in terms of the theme of our podcast or this Facebook Live episode, um, what other advice can you give uh, our listeners right now uh, on how to become uh, at that level of leadership, the transcendent level we're in, you're going above and beyond oneself or even uh, going above and beyond any restrictions or limitations? 
Yes, I would say, I think asking for help is the biggest hurdle to a lot of entrepreneurs, especially in the startup phase. So I think it's important to identify a team who will help you. So for example, I have an advisory board so I can tap them when I have questions. I also have a virtual assistant so I can ask her to do administrative tasks. So for those who have limited capital who maybe cannot pay a virtual assistant or other professionals, the other option is bartering. So if, for example, I'm an editor and I need branding photos, I can connect with a photographer and say, hey, um, I'm willing to edit for X hours for you know, an hour or hour and a half photo shoot for my branding. So you don't, money doesn't have to be involved with learning or bettering yourself. There are other ways that you can get what you need um, besides money. So don't let that stop you. Don't let that discourage you. And then the other option I I shared was um, the advisory board. Mm -hmm. So the advisory board that I have put together, um, they're volunteers, so again, I'm not, you know, spending money um, to have them assist me, but I'm still getting that valuable information that I need and valuable feedback. Now, what I will say is, of course, you do want to offer benefits to your advisory board, um, whether that's, I don't know, like, you know, gift cards or something like that. You can come up with things that will be valuable to them and you can ask them directly, you know, what what will be beneficial to you? I want to make sure this is a mutual a mutually beneficial relationship. Mm-hmm. So asking for help and identifying those to support you is very important and that will help you avoid burnout. So, I mean, especially in the early stages, the entrepreneur does it all, the marketing, the writing, the social media, etc. cetera. Um, but as you grow, you will need to focus on whatever your craft is and then have a team in place to take care of you know, whatever specialties that you need. So that's what I recommend. Even if you, you know, you can get an intern or you can find someone who's willing to volunteer with you, you know, during certain times of the year. And those are other options as well. Mm-hmm. well great. Those are great tips. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I usually ask my, uh, my guests uh, to share with us uh, an inspirational quote that they wanted to, uh, you know, let our listeners uh, hear and um, maybe stick to their mind. So do you have any inspirational quotes to share with us? Yes, my favorite poem is by Marian Wilson, Williamson, excuse me, um, Our Deepest Fear. Um, Our deepest fear is not that we are inadequate, but that we are powerful beyond measure. So I really love that quote. Um, I feel like with all of the adversities and challenges in the world, it's easy for people to um, either become depressed or um, have low self-esteem and struggle. But I just want everyone to know that you have everything you need to be successful. You just have to believe in yourself. And sometimes that's you know easier said than done. I know there are a lot of people who have um, experienced many terrible things in life. And it explains why they have those feelings of, of despair or depression or um, defeat but you can overcome it. So I just, I just really encourage everyone to find a person or people or things that motivate you to keep going and hold on to those um, until, you, until you reach your goals. Great. And I hear two things from that particular um, comment that you made. So first is mindset. That's very important. You really have to make sure that 
um, your mindset is uh, the right mindset that you have, especially in these times of adversity. And then second is the support. Surround yourself with people who support yes. you, who believes in you, who will give you that uh, encouragement that you need. Mm -hmm. Uh, great, very powerful uh, uh, thoughts, um, Katyra. Mm -hmm. So um, this is a very uh, great conversation. I, I learned a lot from you as well Thank in you. terms of this particular work that you do. Thanks for sharing your experience and your your, your knowledge, the tips that you gave our, our yes. audience. Um, where can they find you? Uh, please mention your website. Yeah, so um, you can visit PolandLLC.com. That's P-O-L-L. A N D L L C.com. So you can visit my website. All of my social media handles are there. I have Instagram at Poland LLC, Twitter at Poland LLC, Facebook.com slash Poland LLC. You can sign up for my newsletter there. Um, my books are available on my website as well. Um, my email address is there. So PolandLLC.com is the best way to get in touch with me. Perfect. And I'll write this information too on our, I'll add this information in our Facebook page as well as uh, on the podcast notes. All right. So at this point, uh, again, I want to thank you, uh, Kataya, for your time. And thank I wish you. you all the best in 2021. Thank you. You as well. Thank you. So in each of our episodes, you will hear about the mindsets, the attributes, and the behaviors we need to level up our lives, our leadership to the transcendent level. You will get the tips and actionable strategies that you can apply in your relationships, work, and society. Growth mindset, empathy, trust, resilience, emotional intelligence, intercultural intelligence, leading in a diverse and inclusive workplace, these are just some of the topics that you will get out of our episodes. After tuning in on each episode, you will surely keep coming back for more. Make sure you subscribe to this podcast, and I look forward to having you join me on the next episode. See you next time!